Welcome to Vineyard 61's weekly podcast. We hope you'll be inspired, challenged, and encouraged by this week's speaker. For previous messages, go to our website, vineyard61.org, or subscribe via iTunes or SoundCloud. Morning, everyone. Let's try that again. Morning, everybody. All right, that's much better. I was looking at the um, baptism hall, and the last or the first time I spoke um, here was actually in the baptism service um, in the evening. So I'm pretty sure that's not a coincidence. John John said in, um, as in uh, John in the Bible, not my mate John, um, (laughs) uh, he said, I baptize with water, but there's one that's coming that's going to baptize in spirit and in fire. And so if you've not been baptized um, either with water or in the Holy Spirit, then um, get ready. Get ready. Let's start off with um, the scripture. So Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10 to 18. We're going to jump straight in. What else is there to say? So Paul has just been, this is, if you're familiar with Ephesians 6, um, he's just been talking to, about parents and the relationships they have. So um, parents or children obey your parents, husband and wives, be subject to one another. And then he says, what else is there to say? Just this, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his power. Put on the God's complete armor, then you'll be able to stand firm against the devil's trickery. The warfare we're engaged in, you see, isn't against flesh and blood. It's against the leaders, against the authorities, against the powers that rule the world in this dark age. Against the wicked spiritual elements in heavenly places. Just what you wanted on Sunday morning, nice and heavy. Um, Next. For this reason, you must take up God's complete armor. Then when wickedness grabs its moment, you'll be able to stand, to withstand, to do what needs to be done and still be on your feet when it's all over. So stand firm. Put on the belt of truth around your waist. Put on justice as your breastplate for shoes around your feet, ready for battle. Take the good news of peace. With it all, take the shield of faith. If you've got that, you'll be able to quench all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is God's word. And our verse for this morning, pray on every occasion in the Spirit. Everyone say, pray on every occasion in the Spirit. With every type of prayer and intercession, you'll need to keep awake and alert for this with all perseverance and intercession for all God's holy ones. Holy Spirit, we welcome you this morning. As Steve mentioned earlier, you're here, you're amongst us, you're living in us, because you said, Jesus, that you will send the spirit of truth, a helper, who will be in you and will be among you. You said you will baptize us in in the Holy Spirit and in fire. So, Father, sensitize us to your presence. Sensitize us to this supernatural reality that we exist in, that is available to us all. And, Lord, fill my mouth. If there's anything that you don't want people to hear, then, um, then I pray that you just lead me to say what you want to say. And I pray you'd sensitize our ears to listen to what you're saying to us this morning. In Jesus' name. Amen. So, the title of of this morning is Praying in the Spirit. Um, I heard there's a quarterfinals rugby match on today. Who's a rugby fan? Any rugby fans? Okay. So I, I thought I'd give you the summary of my talk up front. 
So if you are tempted to check the scores and miss the content, then don't say I didn't help you out. Um, so, so there are two points, two points here that I want to land this morning and that I pray God um, will communicate through me. And one is about prayer, and that is your future is as good as your prayer life. So that's to the person next to you. Say, your future is as good as your prayer life. Okay. The second point is, is about this supernatural reality that we have available to us, which is, as followers of Jesus, through prayer, we can and should expect a rich life of joy and power, abundant in supernatural results. I'll say that again. The second point is, as followers of Jesus, through prayer, we can and should expect a rich life of joy and power, abundant in supernatural results. So, B and I have been here for about just over 18 months now. Um, And for those of you that don't know me, my wife Bianca, my beautiful wife, is sat there in the third row. Um, Just put you on the spot because I know you like that. Um, And she doesn't actually like that. Um, And I started out life as a teacher, um, uh, teaching creative arts and um, kind of ethics and theology before moving to my current role as a consultant. So, I do a lot of talking for my job, um, but the challenge for me today is to do less talking and to allow God to do the talking. Um, when you look at the verse, if we just want to put um, Ephesians 6, 10 to 18, we want to talk today about praying in the Spirit. Um, well, just to kind of pick out some of the highlights of what Paul's saying. What struck me was Paul was quite clear about the fact that we live um, in a world where there is wickedness in high places, as he describes it. C.S. Lewis, I heard a quote from C.S. Lewis, which was, we make two mistakes with regard to evil spirits. We assume they don't exist, or we have an unhealthy interest in them. We assume they don't exist, or we're sort of kind of chasing demons uh, on Sunday morning. Don't worry if you're here for the first time, that's not what we're going to do. Um, um, but we are in a spiritual warfare. And you've got to remember the context of um, whenever we come to scriptures, we, we should think about the context. Who's the audience? What was in the mind of, of the writer? What was happening at the time? And if you're familiar with your Bibles, you'll know in Acts 18, Paul is in Ephesus, which is uh, where the audience, the Ephesians, live. And Paul is confronted with these magicians and these sorcerers. And you might remember the story. Um, at one point, they hear him speak and what do they do? They get all of their books, all of their magical books, or I don't know what magical books are, but, and they burn them. And, and Luke, who, who wrote Acts, says that it amounted to about 50,000 pieces of silver. So you've got to understand, when we get to the point where Paul says, pray in the spirit, the context of this is that, guys, we're in a spiritual battle. That's the context of all this. When he talks about wearing the armor of God, He's saying, he's encouraging us that this isn't about sort of um, uh, going through life being uh, tossed by every wind and wave that is confronted with us. He's encouraging us to don our spiritual armor. One of our, our daughters came home the other day actually and said, all my friends are reading Harry Potter and they're watching Harry Potter. Um, 
and they watch the films. That's not fair. Why, why can't I watch Harry Potter and read Harry Potter? Um, and what do you do in those situations? You know, these are real decisions for, for parents. Um, I think we, we live in a world that's become desensitized to the reality of darkness. Um, but Paul wants us to recognize the reality of the world we're in. In the instance of my daughter, we just said it's PG-13, so you're too, too young anyway. Um, but so, so, Paul's, so Paul's in prison, and, and he says, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his power. Um, because times will get tough, and the ideas that govern our culture and our media try to shape us. And these ideas simply are not of God. So we can't afford to be without God's power. How are we to be strong in the Lord? By putting on God's complete armor. And Paul, some of you will be familiar with the language he uses to describe this soldier with a breastplate of righteousness, the belt of truth, the helmet of salvation, the sword of the spirit, the shield of faith that uh, quenches the fiery darts of the enemy. But there's one thing that pervades that entire description, and it's prayer. And he goes in 18 and says, pray at all times in the spirit. And that's what we want to focus um, today. Who wants a deeper prayer life? Who wants everybody? Father, we, we pray that you would give us desire to pray. We say, Lord, fill our hearts. Fill our mouths, God, with a praying spirit, Father. Shift our desires that we will um, seek out and pursue intimacy with you, living God. So as, as we're speaking about this beautiful subject of praying in the spirit, Lord, we trust you that you would give us, you would renew our desires for prayer. You renew our desires for intimacy with you, God. So when I was preparing, I thought, let's back up a little bit. What, what is prayer? I think we assume that everybody's on the same page when it comes to prayer. So prayer is conversation with a loving God. It's not us conducting prayer speeches where we reel off the things that we want to say to God and then we just kind of vanish and God's like, well, I wanted to say something back to you. Um, and we've disappeared. But prayer is living inter- interactively with God. When we pray, we're acknowledging God's kingdom over and above our own kingdom. I love this Dallas Willard quote, which says, Prayer is God's arrangement for a safe power sharing with us in his intention to bless the world through us. In response to prayer, we see good accomplished far beyond what we are capable of in a form suited to the wisdom of God. When we pray, we're involved in relationship with the thing that we're praying about. We're willing that God's will be done upon earth, and we're speaking to God about it. So when you're praying for Brexit, whether you voted whichever way, when you're praying for the government, I say when because we should be praying for our leaders, right? Interceding for our leaders. And, and don't receive this as condemnation. If you're not, then, we're, then ask God for that hunger. Ask God for that desire. Um, so... Before we talk about praying in the Spirit, I just want to encourage people, if you're someone that does pray regularly, as Paul was described, then um, I just want to commend you. You know, We need your prayers. So don't stop praying. I pray, in fact, that you will see the fruit of your prayers. But actually, there are some of us who have stopped turning to God altogether. You know, Paul's intention was to remind us that we need the whole armor of God. And prayer is the glue to this. You know, there's sometimes when I come home from work and I'm so shattered that I can't even say a word. I'm just like, Lord, read my mind or whatever. Um, I'm just, you're just shattered. But, but that's different. I'm talking about those of us who we've got some kind of blockage in our prayer life for whatever reason. 
And I want to encourage you today, don't elevate your weakness or your perceived brokenness above God's love and ability to show up in your life. However dire your situation seems, your circumstances are no match for God. We can't allow how seemingly irredeemable a situation appears to be a stumbling block to us praying, because it isn't to God. Without prayer, you're cutting yourself off from the very thing that will make a difference to your circumstances. Amen? So what does it mean to pray on every occasion? So we, we, thanks Jane, that's brilliant. So he says, pray on every occasion. And we'll come into the in, in the spirit bit. Oh, no, the last slide was perfect. Yeah, that's great, thanks. Um, with every type of prayer. And, you know, I looked at this scripture and I thought, man, God, sometimes, so I enjoy praying for people. I enjoy waking up early in the morning and praying and sending messages to encourage people. But actually, uh, there are seasons in my life where I think, gosh, I'm just praying about me. Lord, X me, Y me, Z me, do everything to me. Um, and can anyone relate to that? Is that just me? Okay, good. I'm not on my own. Thanks. Um, and there's a question, you know, what is our ultimate point of reference in our lives? What is the kind of center around which our life revolves around? Paul wants to usher in a new dimension of prayer when he says, pray on every occasion in the spirit with every type of prayer and every intercession. When you read Corinthians, you, you read that Paul, I mean, the guy went through a lot of stuff. He he shipwrecked. He talked about being robbed, being beaten. Uh, he said three times receiving the, um, the kind of 40 lashes minus one, which was a kind of a, a cruel system of punishment um, that the Jews would employ in the, in the um, ancient world. He says he's been stoned, often thirsty, hungry, without food. So you imagine he, he probably knows a thing or two about prayer, just a little bit. He, God wants us to grow deep into the soil of prayer, where we learn to pray at all times in perseverance. And some of you would think, my life is just so busy. How do I fit that in? You know, how, do I, you know, how do I do this? We're not talking about praying for 24 hours or even for an hour. Uh, we're talking about what is the ultimate point of reference in your life? Is it your life? Is it your kingdom? Or is it God's kingdom? Who's running your life? Is it your own kingdom? Is it you that's running your life, or is it God? See, the key is not, when you read this and when you read Paul, the key is not to try and do this by willpower and effort alone, because you'll quickly fail. If the desire isn't there, the key is to let, for you and I to learn to train to become the kind of person that would pray routinely with joy for others and for ourselves. So how do we learn? How do we train? Well, we take up personal and communal spiritual disciplines like worship, like fasting, um, like study, whatever practices that work for you and gradually shape your desires to the point where you want to pray, all right? We're not into behavior modification and we're saying, okay, now go and do this tomorrow because that's what, where we trip ourselves up. We learn how to be the kind of people um, that would do the things that Jesus said to do. God receives you where you are. So start where you are, but just don't stay there. Amen? 
Um, so that's a bit on, on prayer. And, and, we, and we, Father, we just receive a spirit of prayer today. Um, we receive a spirit of intercession. And we thank you that as we go home tonight, uh, that you would um, overhaul our evenings, overhaul our mornings, living God, that we would learn to be in constant interaction with a loving Father. What does it mean to pray in the Spirit? And this is where it gets interesting. So I'll, I'll quickly say what praying in the Spirit isn't. The Bible makes a distinction between flesh and spirit. Yeah? If there are any Greek scholars here, there's a word called sarks, which means um, flesh, and it's where we get our word sarcasm from. But the Bible's not talking about your body or your skin or your humanness, but it's talking about the sin-dominated self. So to be in the flesh, in other words, is to live life by our own power, independent and apart from God. So praying in the flesh, conversely, is placing our total confidence in the simply human. Let's be concrete about this. So if you're praying for something bad to happen to someone, that's praying in the flesh. If you're praying... Um, for someone else's spouse, to have someone else's spouse, should I say. Um, that's praying in the flesh. If you're praying out of anger, out of hurt, again, please don't hear this as condemnation. We're just making a distinction so we understand what Paul is talking about. Those things are praying in the flesh. So it's where we're praying with no thought to what God may want, but out of wrong desires. Now, praying in the spirit. Paul says, again, let's read it. So pray on every occasion in the spirit, in every type of prayer and intercession. The word spirit, again, as with a background as a teacher, I always like to define terms of reference so we all know what we're talking about. Um, spirit is unbodily personal power. That means a power source is not of you, it's of God. Whenever we're talking about spirit, we're talking about the nature of God, for God is spirit. So when you're praying in the Spirit, you're surrendering and following the promptings of, um, and you're surrendering to the control of the Holy Spirit. When I was preparing this, I thought, I don't want to create a mystique around this that doesn't really exist. Some of you are already praying in the Spirit, but perhaps you just don't realize. By virtue of your confession of Jesus Christ, by virtue of your belief in Jesus, the Spirit lives inside of you. So when you get impressions, when you get inward thoughts or feelings that suddenly pop into your mind about someone, or you remember something that someone is going through, it's quite likely the Holy Spirit leading you to pray for other people. And that encompasses what we mean by praying in the Spirit. And what I love about this series that we've begun here is we are giving attention to Holy Spirit in a way that we often don't. And the reason why I said you know, we're not creating a mystique around this, is that often we converse with Holy Spirit or we're praying in the Spirit, but we don't realize it and we don't give um, the Spirit the attention that God does. So in John 14, Jesus said, um, I'm going to send another helper and he's going to be with you and he's going to be like an advocate. And in fact, when Jesus earlier, I think it was John 7, Jesus says, he who believes in me out of his belly will flow rivers of living water. And then the writer John said, he said this and was talking about the spirit that was to come. So as Christians, we have access to this realm of existence and supernatural um, that is intended to embolden us and equip us to live life now. As I was, um, I'm probably laboring the point, but as I was thinking about Paul's sentence, I thought Paul could have just said, pray 
at all times. You know, why did he say pray in the spirit? It's a bit like a coach. Um, you can imagine a coach saying to an athlete, you've got an important event next month. Make sure you eat three meals a day. It's kind of a no-brainer, right? Um, hopefully you've got a more uh, informed coach than that. But an informed coach might say, make sure you eat three protein-based meals a day because you're going to need it. And I think there's a sense in which um, Paul wasn't saying something that you should try to do in the same way an athlete wouldn't try to eat healthily. It's something that comes out of their, their identity. It's an action that comes from who they are. So when we read Paul, when we read messages like this, um, don't turn them into laws. Don't turn them into things to try and do legalistically because you will quickly fail. But as I said, we learn to become the kind of people that would do this routinely with joy and with peace. So I'm going to skip that. I've got 10 pages here, but I'm actually skipping quite a few things because I want to get to some, some meaty stuff. So there's a deeper dimension to praying in the Spirit. We've talked a little bit about, so we've said, just to recap, Paul writing to the Ephesians, um, and he's existing in this world where there's clearly a supernatural and there's kind of a darkness and shadowy forces that confront him. Quite foreign to our kind of Western life. And we've talked a bit about prayer and the things that get in the way of prayer, our own sense of disappointment or other things. And we've said a little bit about what prayer is in terms of praying in spirit versus praying, praying in the flesh. I said at the beginning that there are two points. The first point is your prayer life, your future, is as good as your prayer life. And the second point I made was, for those people who have been checking the scores, I don't know if the game has started yet. Um, uh, the early point was that as followers of Jesus, we can and should expect um, a rich life of joy. That was for Stephen, actually, by the way. Steve's it's South Africa that are playing, right? <laughs> so, uh, the second point was that as followers of Jesus, we can and should expect a rich life of joy and power, abundant in supernatural results. So hopefully we, we agree we're on the same page that prayer is kind of important. Yeah? But there's a deeper dimension to praying in the Holy Spirit, and that is praying with the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Specifically, praying in tongues, or some translations say, a spiritual language. I want to speak briefly about, about this. I, as I was studying this, I thought, well, this is really a four or five part teaching that could last for weeks. Um, but we got you covered. One of the next titles in the series is, is The Gift of the Holy Spirit. So we'll explore it some more then. But if we turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 14, um, I think I got my Bible. I might grab my Bible, I think, steal it back off my wife. Sorry. Thanks. Um, yeah, 1 Corinthians 14. I'll just back up a little bit. You don't have to turn here if you want to stay on 14. But earlier in chapter 12, Paul says, there are different types of spiritual gifts, but the same spirit. One person is given a word of wisdom through the Spirit. Another person given a word of knowledge by the same Spirit. He's talking about the gifts that the Spirit gives. Uh, another gives, receives gifts of healings. Another various kinds of languages or tongues. And another the interpretation of these songs. That was in chapter 12 verse, uh, the first sort of seven, eight verses. And then in 14 he says, Pursue love and long for the spiritual gifts. 
especially that you may prophesy. Someone who speaks in a tongue, in a spiritual heavenly language, isn't speaking to human beings, but to God. Nobody can understand such speakers because they speak mysteries in the spirit. I'll just move on to this one. Um, Verse 4, those who speak in a tongue build up themselves, but those who prophesy build up the church. Now I would like all of you to speak in tongues, but even more to prophesy. One who prophesies is greater than the one who speaks in tongues, unless someone interprets, so that the church may be built up. So this talk isn't on the gifts of the Spirit per se, but praying in the Spirit is uniquely tied and connected um, to this um, section. Whatever your experience of the gifts of the Spirit, I don't know how many people here have experienced the baptism of the Holy Spirit or believe they're speaking um, in tongues or have ever spoken in, in tongues or demonstrated the gifts of the Holy Spirit. I want you to know that this is a gift that is available to all of us as believers, whatever your experiences are. We live in an age where, sadly, um, the gifts of the Spirit have been abused and misused in different um, quarters. But the Bible is quite clear, and if we're students of the Word, the Bible is quite clear that this is a gift available to all of us. Um, the Bible talks about two different kinds of praying in spiritual languages. One in Acts 2, where people actually spoke in human languages. So you might recall this is when they're in the upper room, and they're praying, and tongues of fire kind of sit and rest on their heads. And the room shakes violently. There's a sound of a rushing wind, and there's about 120 of them. And the uh, kind of bystanders think that they're drunk and you know, filled with new wine, as Peter describes it. And people hear them speaking languages that the disciples had never learned. So there's one expression of speaking tongues, which is speaking in human languages is not understandable to the hearer. And I've read accounts, um, I've never experienced it, but I've read accounts of people, children, who have been speaking in a language from another part of the world that they had no business knowing or understanding. But we're talking about God's supernatural power. All right? And we can expect, and we should, it's within our rights to expect to see this power demonstrated um, when we gather together. The other kind of expression is where God loosens our tongues and you begin to speak in phrases and what Paul describes in Corinthians as a language that is unknown to man and describes it as a heavenly language. So you've got these two kinds of expressions that we can walk in. But why is that important? I mean, okay, so, so the Bible talks about that. The Bible describes that. I'll just say a little bit about my own experience or about probably about 10 years ago now, or over 10 years ago now, was when I first came into what I would call a real baptism of the Holy Ghost. And I've never experienced anything like it before. And some of you, many of you here, will be able to test, kind of resonate with similar experiences. So I, I remember um, when Bianca and I were kind of dating and before we got married, we had slight... Uh, differences of opinion when it came to doctrine and, uh, and this particular topic. So I was in a place where I was saying, God, why is everybody else you know, filled with your Holy Spirit and speaking in tongues and everything? And what about me? And I just never forget the day where um, I felt God's presence on me. I, I, was, I couldn't get up from the floor. I was on the floor and I just felt like I was flying. I felt like I was so light-headed. 
I've never, I don't drink, I've never been drunk, but I guess that's what you feel if you're, if you're drunk, maybe. Um, and, and I felt God's love, so it was almost like my hands had oil running over it. It was this kind of warm oil, and my hands were heavy. And as I began to speak, I began to say words that I've not said before. Um, but again, why is that important? Well, praying in the spiritual language is quite simple. It connects us with the spontaneous it connects us with the supernatural. It connects us with heaven in a way that um, just praying in English doesn't necessarily, certainly for me, in an accelerated way. So I began to um, practice praying in tongues at home, privately, um, and corporately. And I found that I sensed God's presence much more, sense his nearness in a way that I hadn't before. Now, in a moment, we're going we're gonna to pray and invite the Holy Spirit to move and to fill us and to fill our mouths and to fill our hearts. But we've got to understand that when the Bible talks about spiritual gifts, this isn't something that we need to beg God for. Yeah? This isn't something that we need to feel um, excluded if we don't, quote-unquote, have it. This, the gifts of God, the support, Jesus says that... Um, the Father longs to give good gifts to his children. So our job is simply to ask, to seek, and to believe that God will show up in our lives. So to begin to close, does praying in the Spirit, I want to be clear, does praying in the Spirit only mean praying in tongues? No, it can't do, because Paul says, um, I can't remember, the, I haven't got the verse up there, but Paul says not everyone prays in tongues, not everyone prophesies, not everyone has the gift of healing. But then he says in Ephesians, praying the Spirit on all occasions. So I don't believe he's talking exclusively about praying in tongues, but praying in tongues is a part of um, praying in the Spirit. I said at the beginning that our future is as good as our prayer life. Some of you have enormous visions and a destiny that looks impossible. You're saying, God, I see myself as a different person than I am right now, doing different things. If you're like Georgia, you've got a book that's getting ready to be published and released to the world. It's not yet, but it will be. Yeah? If, you're, if you're creative, or you're a musician, or you're an artist, or whatever it might be, you've got dreams that are on the inside of you. And if you take anything away from this message, it's that when Paul is talking about equipping us with the armor of God and praying in the Spirit, he's talking about us seeing our lives from the vantage point that God sees it. For you to be able to step up and come up high and to see the challenges, the problems, not as being victimized as something that you're being done to, but something that you're speaking into and you're declaring. So you're calling forth your vision. You're calling forth your purpose. You're calling forth the things and promises that you've received from God. In another place, Paul says, the weapons of our warfare are not, not carnal. It's not just sticks and stones and weapons, but they're mighty in God to the pulling down of strongholds. He says, we have in Corinthians, we have this treasure sunken in earthen vessels. And praying in the Spirit is tapping into and connecting with this kind of power pack that you have on the inside of you, which is Holy Spirit. When I was preparing, I said, Lord, what, what do you want to 
to say and what do you want to do? And he said, he was, the word that came to me was freedom. And it's funny because Steve also mentioned that word this morning as we were praying. So as you've been listening to this message this morning, I want you just to close your eyes where you are. And just be aware of what God is saying to you right now. It may be something completely different to what I've been talking about, and that's fine. Lord, Holy Spirit, we thank you that you're here. We thank you that you long to have a relationship with us. You long to know the desires of our heart. And some people have perhaps stopped praying altogether, grown tired of it maybe. Or some of us want to come to a new level, a new dimension in our prayer life. So Lord, I ask you to go deep on the inside of us. Show us the beginning from the end. Give us the big picture of our lives, God. Show us what we're doing in our lives. Fill our mouths, living God, from the depths of our belly, for every single person that is trusting you this morning. You said your Holy Spirit is for all that are near and afar off, to everyone our God will call. So I pray for new desires this morning. I pray for heavenly desires. I pray for renewed, fresh desires to pray and to pray in your spirit. So just where you are, just talk to the Lord. If you do pray in tongues, then pray in tongues. And if you don't, be aware of what God might be saying to you this morning. Then I'm going to invite the band to come back up as well. Come, Holy Spirit, we want more of you. More, God. More, God. Come in your anointing, God. If you're, new, if you're here for the first time, don't worry, you're, you're, in, you're absolutely fine. We pray for those that are here for the first time, for those that desire to go deeper in you, God. Father, I pray that you would show yourself strong and alive in their, in their hearts. Lord, come in your anointing. We pray for hunger. Make us hungry, Lord. Hungry for your presence. Hungry for this supernatural reality. Hungry for all that you desire to give us. We trust you for freedom. Freedom to praise. Freedom to worship. Freedom to pray. Freedom to dance and celebrate and exercise the gift that you've given us, God. Forgive us for where we've uh, spurned the Holy Spirit, for where we've ignored you, God. Forgive us where we've grieved you, Lord. Where we've paid no attention to you, Lord, and just got on with our own lives. Thank you for your presence, Holy Spirit. We acknowledge you, God. Thank you that you're here. We don't want hype, Lord. We don't want to drum things up. 
But we trust you that you show yourself strong and alive to us, God. What we read about this morning is either true or it's a lie. And we believe the former, that it's true, God. That you give, you good, you give good gifts to your children. So come, Holy Spirit. Stir us up, God. Draw us to you, Lord. Move in our hearts, God, that we move from intellectual and mental ascent into a concrete encounter with your presence. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. Tune in next week for another life-giving message from one of our Vineyard 61 speakers.